Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. It's a, I don't know what to say at this point. It's a, this, in this podcast, it, let me start. In this new revolutionary style of podcasting, to, I don't know what to say at this part, because usually we talk about the Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise, but we don't, do, we're not going to do that so much anymore. Yeah. So for th- those of you that are new to a podcast with Rachel and Griffin, you should know we used to talk about reality dating television. Almost exclusively, yeah. Mostly the Bachelor Bachelorette franchise, but for a lot of reasons we've decided to move away from that um, and talk about things that just sort of universally make us happy in this new show called Wonderful. We did a pilot episode um, a few weeks ago when we were kind of testing out the waters to see what we wanted to do, and the answer was... And maybe it's a lazy answer, but wouldn't it be nice to live in a world where you could just do a podcast about mystery flavored dum dums if you just if you were just fucking feeling it? <laughs> and I'm feeling it. I'm pretty much always feeling it. So we're, we're every episode we're just going to endeavor to sort of talk about things we're enthusiastic about. We're going to ask you to share some things that you're enthusiastic about that we will then share enthusiasm about until we're just like, come on, feel this energy. That was so loud. Feel it? Are you feeling the energy in this space right now? <laughs> yeah, this so pod- we're you- calling it an enthusiast podcast, and we uh, we invite you to be enthusiastic with us. We are going to keep it probably a little tighter than usual than a lot of your hour long podcasts, partially because, and maybe you could tell this by the fact we're whispering and grimacing at the loud hot rod that some teen high school fucking jock is driving outside, is that we almost always record when our baby's asleep. Yeah, so we have a uh, a nine month old baby. His name is Henry. And he shares a wall with our recording studio. It's true, but he has two pink eyes and we think an ear infection. So at this point, his sensory game is less than perfect. So maybe we can get a little bit louder here in the studio. I'd rather not. Just because he's operating, <laughs> you know, not at 100%. Um, so maybe we should just get started and start just tucking away into some things. Do you want to, and this is important because this is going to be our first one. What are you just like? fucking feeling right now rachel what are you into and keep in mind that like the success of our podcast either um it hangs in the balance here because people are going to tune out if it's not a good one but i don't want to put too much stress on you but just make sure it's like really sells the concept that we've been sort of stressing okay. about for the past few months I got one. just really make sure i can't stress this enough splits the uprights perfect pressure, touchdown pressure is sky high okay you know how in a touchdown they have to throw the ball through the uprights so go ahead okay. let's hear it <laughs> um now I'm gonna preface this. This is an expression. Uh, <laughs> it is. It is not one that I myself use, but when other people use it, I'm always delighted. Okay, so our first one is an expression. Let's hear it. No worries. <sighs> Let me give you an example. Yeah, 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 yeah. So sometimes, for example, let's say you accidentally bump into somebody, or. You uh, take the last bag of charcoal at a grocery store. and Happens a lot because I'm always making just big, big charcoal Mm -hmm. fires in the yard. And you start to apologize to the person and say, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I know that you were going to take this bag of charcoal. You are... You are assuming a lot about how I handle things socially because most of the time, like I am apologetic, but I'm also my need to uh, okay. Let me give uh, an example uh, to You'd be lower myself with. before somebody is also sort of up against my desire to never talk to like a stranger. Let me give an example that okay. you'd be familiar with. So you're at GameStop, 
oh, this is ins- first episode <laughs> of Wonderful, and you got to come for my games. <laughs> and and you go to grab. I cannot wait to hear this fucking poll. The new Mario 4D sensory experience from Nintendo. Are you saying 40 F-O-R-T-Y or four-dimensional? Four-dimensional. You're talking about some Captain EO. It, it comes with smell. It comes with smell. It comes with smell. That's this the one's I got to smell. That's the tagline. What's the smell? And don't be um, racist against <laughs> it, uh, Italians. Or I guess he's not really Italian. I heard that he's not going to be a plumber anymore. He's done being a plumber. And and you can also come to wonder for all for all your just breaking <laughs> video game news. But Mario, he's done being a plumber. It's wild to me that Nintendo can just say that <laughs> he's not a plumber. Why is he wearing overalls? It's just his clothes. I, um. So I bump into somebody because they try to take somebody. my Mario game from they try me. Try and take the Mario 4D. You say, "Oh, I'm sorry," and they say, "Well, I'd have a nerd voice, and they'd have a nerd voice in this <laughs> thing that you've painted." I'm sorry, you tried to take away my Yoshi or. Uh, and they say, no worries. And I always kind of like it when I hear it. I, I'm not a confident person in the sense that I could say no worries. I don't think it's for me necessarily. But when other people say it to me, I enjoy it. Yeah, I think I think it definitely fills a sort of language niche, right? Like where it says like, I'm, I'm, it's always in response to I'm sorry. Because thank you has your welcome. Yeah. And I'm sorry has no worries. What? I guess I've just never really thought about no worries, but it's I guess it is a nice. Chill. Like it's anticipating that this inconvenience might have you worried, and they're saying, "Hey, hey, hey!" But hey, before hey, you hey. get there, it's no beef. No worries. Is there another thing? Is there a, what's the closest synonym to no worries? Because I agree with you, no worries is powerful. No worries. Hakuna Matata. Are you setting me up? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was setting a trap, but if you had said the next <laughs> sentence in there, I would have sprung the Hakuna Matata trap on you. And you would have been you would have been in my pit for hours. So I did a little research on this expression. You want to hear about it? There's reason. I just thought it was like some weird, like cosmic sort of consensus of just like we need a thing to say when somebody apologizes, but it's really not a big deal. The Oxford English Dictionary uh, said that the usage of no worries began in Sydney, Australia, in 1965. Oh, what would that sound like? Please give, please, come on. They gave an expression. Oh, what? No, I'll I get there. It. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it just for you because it's our very first episode of Wonderful. Oh. But they give an expression that I will read in my Australian accent. Oh, it's going to be so good, everybody. No worry. <laughs> it's amazing what a few schooners of jolly does for a oh, bloke. Jesus Christ. You asked for it. I was just... I know. That was a good Jesus Christ. I was thanking Jesus. That was... Do you see how I bent my head down? It's because I was immediately sent into a prayer state, thanking <laughs> Jesus for the gift of you. Uh, <laughs> um, so they think um, the article I read, which was from Quartz.com, uh, thinks that Crocodile Dundee played a big role in the Americanization of this expression, hmm. um, which was Crocodile Dundee... For uh, you who probably don't remember, <laughs> because it was in 1986, um, was a box office hit. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do as much research. You can believe that. You can tell where no, Rachel was like, I've done enough research. It starred Paul Hogan, uh, was the second best grossing film behind Top Gun. Wow, okay, that's never mind. I take old. it back. You've that's done gotta be Yeah, old that's got to be old, old info. But his catchphrase was, no worries, mate. 
All right. Well, I like it. Anyway, and that was a good one. I anyway, never thought yeah. about no worries, but I like it. I had somebody, so I was walking in the stairwell at my work. Okay. And I almost bumped into somebody because the way the stairwell, the doors open up. Yeah. You, you run into people constantly. Sure. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. And she said, no worries. And I said, it's like, you know me because I would have worried. Yeah. <laughs> Thank there you. There are definitely people who would take that worry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. Like, oh, well, now I'm in. Now I'm in charge. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you are. Now I'm in charge. Uh, you want my last bit of research? You've done a lot of research on. I'm starting to feel very <laughs> shitty. I have like five things that I have no, no I research did, on. I have a. I have a thing I didn't. Research. Okay. Okay. I'll okay. Do okay. Next. Um. But this this website I went to this courts.com website said that the expression is also very popular in Malaysia, Singapore. Uh, Australia, as we mentioned, New Zealand, Philippines, and then behind all those, the United States. Okay, so that's so maybe like, why it's not. People in Malaysia are saying it constantly. It's a thing that I have probably said a hundred times, a hundred thousand times, and I've heard a hundred thousand times, and I did not, I would not, if this was on an ACT, 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 prep test, that was like, thank you is to your welcome is to, I'm sorry, is to what? I would not know the answer to it. It's a weird alien thing to think about divorced from bumping into somebody on a staircase, but it is a nice little turn of phrase. It's an expression I like. Um, I don't know which of mine to start with, so I think I'm just going to go with the one that I is the longest, and that is the six notes that Carly Rae Jepsen sings leading into the chorus of Cut to the Feeling. <laughs> I could have done anything here. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's episode one. I don't want to like burn all of my good CRJ material, but I... It cuts to the feeling dropped earlier this year, right? And a lot of people like summer hit, and I listened to it. and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is fucking great." Um, and I, I again, CRJ's emotion is unironically probably top five albums of all time for me. Um, but I only listened to cut to the feeling that one time, and then uh, I was trying to like entertain Henry, and we were bouncing around in, in in the bed, and I just put on like, "Oh, there's cut to the feeling," and we just had a little dance. And then listening to that, I was like, "Oh wait a sec." This song fucking owns bones. Um, I don't think I know the six notes that you're referring to. Uh, I will play it for you in a second very quietly. Okay. Um, but there is a buildup to the chorus. Um, and it happens twice, I think, maybe three times, where she just lets out this sort of like Xena-like battle hymn. I'm going to cut it in here. And this is, is this fair use? I think we're probably going to be talking about like songs on here. So I think we got to put on like 10, five seconds of a song. As long as we're, let's do a parody of it. More like butt to the feeling. And now it's fair use. I went to journalism school and I know all about fair use. If we just say butt to the feeling from now on, then we're clear to play this clip. Well, and I took one journalism class in college. so And it was all about fair use and butt to the feeling. It was. So, and Carly Rae Jepsen, which was weird because it was 2001. They should, be, they should absolutely be. Well, I think she... What was she doing then? She was probably on like um, Kids Incorporated or some shit. Was that on it? Too? <laughs> yeah. Kids Incorporated is my next pick, so I'll let, we can just transition right into it. Um, so here's a clip: those the, those six notes, powerful. Just let them fill you with like maybe you're you're going through something right now. Just let them fill you with power and light. It's very good. When's that new album dropping is what I want to know. 
The answer is nobody knows. But I read Carly. an article that she like has hundreds of songs. I read an article that the next album could be like 40 odd songs yeah, long. Like she was on tour and she was just writing. She's stuff. just writing. We got to see her live. We did. It was a literally life altering. I wanted to talk about this because like Carly Rae Jepsen really does make me extremely happy. And I feel like there's some parts of my online persona. And this is like something that is really kind of tricky to manage is there, there are things that um are kind of ironic and then but but i try to keep most of it above board right and carly jepson is definitely one of those things like i definitely think she fucking rules and emotion is a really really good album but to this day i'll tweet about because the feeling or a video that i made of myself messing around in some game to favorite color which is like one of my favorite songs um it's a crj track off emotion and people are like oh wow i just started listening because i thought you were joking this whole time what is it you think that you like about her um i think it is like i think it's it repre- just kind of the the happy poppy sensibility it is a type of like elevated pop that i am not a music critic at all until like i super don't really want to like pretend like i know what the fuck i'm talking about um the like the the like music is very good like there's some fucking fresh beats on on the first one um and it rep- it just represents this like uh i feel like there's a lot there's a sort of ongoing narrative thread and again i'm showing my ignorance here of just like pop stars saying like well mastered pop let's try something else and it feels like uh between her 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 few albums kiss was the one before uh emotion that was the one that had uh call me maybe on it and that was like call me maybe is like i think a lot of people were ironically into that song but i thought it was kind of a jam and now emotion just has transcended and like been this like just really really great album but like to 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 finish my point i i was on youtube on one of my weird like 1 a.m deep dives and i was just watching music videos because I never watch fucking music videos anymore. Yeah. And I watched a new Katy Perry one and a new Taylor Swift one. The new the the new Taylor Swift one. That's uh, the new song uh, off of her Ed Hardy album. And they were both so bad. And it just kind of like, I don't know, it just made me appreciate like, oh, you're just like crushing pop right. Like this is the best pop now, I feel like. Um Here's what I'll say about Carly Rae. Hit me. I feel like what I like about her songs is that one, there's this kind of feel of like triumph, like she's just conquered something and yeah. she's like joyous. And also like she's coming out on the other side of some shit. Yeah. You know, there's like this energy to it that you only get when you like come out on the other side of some shit. Yeah. There's, there's, and like a lot of the songs touch on that, like boy problems is about like, you hear that and you think like, oh, it's about her having boy problems, but it's actually about a friend of hers who she is exasperated by because she only talks about her boy problems and not like a, forming like a deeper connection with her friends. And it's like, oh, that's good. That's really good stuff. Um, making the most of the night, you hear that and it's just like, oh, it's just like a, you know, Kesha style party anthem. But by the way, don't even get me started on the new Kesha album because I've started listening to that very recently and holy fucking <laughs> shit, it's extremely good also. Um but it's not like it is like about like you trying to get a friend out of a funk and going going on a, a going on an adventure with them to try to like raise their spirits. Like there's a lot. I don't know. I just really like. Yeah. I just I I really I could listen to it nonstop. We took a trip after Emotion came out. Uh, I think it was one of our tours, and I, we like measured time by Emotion listens because we just like burned it all down. So like I don't know, it's really good. You and, and you and your your bros. Yeah, and those six notes again, just one last time. Let them fill you with with power, and just take on whatever the day's got for you. 
You got an, uh, another one? Yeah. Um, I'll do my less specific one now. Okay. Movies about baseball. Okay. This is this is surprising for a few reasons. Is it, did it surprise you that you picked this even? Yes. A little bit? Okay. Yes. One, I don't really like baseball. I mean, I, I enjoy going to a baseball game. Um, I'll watch it on television if other people are watching it. I think there's, I think that's erudite. I enjoy the romanticization of baseball more than I think I enjoy baseball. <laughs> so here's the thing. And, and maybe it's just because of the sheer volume of baseball movies, just because we are Americans in America and it is our national pastime. Sure. But there was this quiz the other day on like how stuff works, I think, that was like, a hundred percent of Americans can't name more than 10 baseball movies. And I was like, well, I'll take this quiz. And I got like tons of them right just by yeah. like looking at one. Well, image. the major league series gets you like halfway there. See, I didn't even, I'm not even talking about those. Angels in the outfield. I haven't even seen those. Can, can I give you, can I give you my list? Yeah, sure. These are the baseball movies that I have seen. Can we play knockout and we'll just go back and forth and whoever can't name one loses? I love games. Well, I have mine written down. Though. Oh, well, shoot. So it's kind of cheating, but we can, I mean, we can play if you want. You'll just crush me with your cheater list. Okay. Okay. Sandlot. Angels in the outfield. I'm just going to take that one. Field of dreams. I'll take just one major league and then now we're clear again. Eight men out. Um, Little big, little big league. Was that the name of that one with the boy through the thing? The boy through the arm? No, rookie of the year. Okay. Uh, the Natural. Little Big League was another one where the kid owned it was a another baseball one, yeah. team. Uh, League of Their Own. You said Sandlot, right? That was your first one. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, uh, Moneyball. And yeah, my other one was going to be Rookie of the Year. So, oh, so you kept up. You got with another me. one. Um. Oh, now we're in it. Now we're in the fucking game. Oh my god, I need this. I need this win. I've never seen the Mister Three Thousand, but that's oh, I think shit, is baseball shit, with Bernie Mac. Yes. Um. Ooh, I've got that one too. Pitchman. No. Pitchman. Are you thinking Babe. Of, are you thinking of the Jimmy Fallon movie? Oh, if, Fever Pitch. Oh, <laughs> did I just give that to you? You did. <laughs> this is not is a good podcast. Bad News Bears one? <laughs> Probably. Fuck this. This is not good podcast content. <laughs> it's our pilot episode. We can't sit here and just prove um, how much baseball but, movies we so know. So all of that to say. Yes. I just, I realize a lot of those movies I listed, like Field of Dreams, for mm. example, are movies that are pretty much entirely about baseball, and I love them, and I don't love baseball. You don't dig on baseball. I think, I mean, I like a movie with an underdog, you know, anytime there's like a team or a player that has to overcome some kind of adversity. Yeah. And maybe the nature of having innings in a baseball game kind of sets up that drama for you. I think you. that's it. I think it is a game that is based around like really powerful uh, like structure for fictional drama. Because like yeah. football is tough to get that across. It's a third down well, and there's you know seven seconds left. And... What's that? I think I figured it out. So when a person comes up to a plate like – all eyes are on them. That's it. For an extended period of time. Here comes Tony. Danza. Here comes sport. Tony Danza. He's up there. He's going to do it. <laughs> Tony Danza in Angels of the Outfield? That was who you, you wanted no. to get Tony Danza as the, no. okay, you, it is, it's, sorry, it's 2000 and it, Tony Danza. Okay, go for it. Let her rip, <laughs> Tony Danza from Who's the Boss? <laughs> but I think any other sport, most players only get a few seconds. Like they have the sure. ball for a few seconds or yes. they have the puck or whatever. Um, 
baseball, that person could be at the plate for a long time. I also think in a baseball movie, it's easy to create a lot of characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fucking Daniel Stern and apparently Angels in the Outfields may be the only <laughs> one I've seen. Just sort of tall, gawky dude chewing a bunch of chaw all the time. And that's that one. And then there's Tony Danza. And Christopher Lloyd was an angel. I don't think I've seen Angels in the Outfield. It had a very good message. I saw Rookie of the Year, which came out around the same time. Angels in, were there angels in that one? No. Then they did not screen it at my church. <laughs> <laughs> did watch it there. I watched it. I was like, oh, man. So your church saw angels in the title? And we're like, this seems good. Let's. Yeah, we, had, we did do... The, I remember at my church, we did a movie like... It didn't last long, but we had like in the summers, we would do like monthly or, or whatever movie parties. And one of the times it was Angels in the Outfield and folks got into that. One of the times it was Signs because um, that had a sort oh, of yeah. uh, sort of predeterminationary sort of message in there. Um, and then one time it was just The Fugitive. And it was like, yo, guys, <laughs> we lost the plot a little bit, kind of, maybe, sort of. Good flick, but... Mm. Well, um, it's about a man on a, a journey for Christ, and, but also to exonerate himself from a murder he did not commit. Um, hey, how do we go to the ads? <laughs> I'm relying on you on this one. Oh, throw me a um, I definitely think hey, we can Griffin. keep doing the the yeah. You know what else I think is wonderful? Well, now, but I was money. thought about yeah. Oh, money is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that seems sort of uh, <laughs> antithetical to like what we're going for here. Like, yeah, baseball movies are great, and Carly Rae Jepsen's six powerful notes, her Fus Roda, her her dragon and shouts, also the following products you can buy, and also these products. <laughs> uh, no, I don't like that. We got to have a separation in church and state. Can we just do, hey, babe? Yes. Can I steal you away? <laughs> no. I think we can just do it. <laughs> I think we can just do it. I think because I definitely want the I definitely want that home improvement stinger still in the mix. This was something we did on Rose Buddies for many years too, was all that Rose Buddies ran. Um and I think it can stay in the picture. Okay, so the way it would work is that um Griffin would ask if he could steal me away, and then inexplicably I would go Whoa. See, that was a very, that was a pretty good stand. That was more of a, getting back to basics, yeah, sort of well, a vanilla swirl. Yeah, we don't want people to feel lost when you sing the Home Improvement <laughs> commercial break music. <laughs> you want it to sound like the Home Improvement commercial break music so people aren't confused. Exactly. Um, I have missed four picks in my fantasy football draft. <laughs> I don't know why I thought I could do this in podcast at the same time. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality. And you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be 
the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Styles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can you can sell? Uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Hey, here's a Jumbotron message. This one is for Sasha, and it's from Lapis, who says, Happy birthday, dear sister. Through my transition and life, you've been the most supportive and loving sister, and I'm so proud you finished your education degree and are now a real teacher. I couldn't think of a better way to thank you than having Griffin and Rachel wish you a happy birthday. Here's to another year of adventures, lunches, and love. Wanted this one in july hopefully you still love teaching hopefully you still love teaching these new school fucking year. kids new school year they come to my classroom they steal all my kleenex boxes got mad bugs can't do nothing because these freaking kids it's only been two months but i'm so sick of their bs because my bugs all right <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know what that was i was trying to i was role playing you know how i like to do <laughs> Just exclusively around Kleenex. Mm-hmm. We were talking yesterday when we were buying Kleenexes about like every time you would buy school supplies, you'd have to get Kleenexes for the teachers and how like bogus that was that like we had to supply those bogus in the sense like we're happy to do it, but also like, boy, you yeah. need to get you these tissues. That's no know, good. Ridiculous. Uh, this next message is urging you to go out and grab Supernatural Attraction issue one at calmcdonald.com. That's K-E-L-M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D.com. And here's a little bit about that issue. Persephone was killed in a hit and run, but her roommate fixed her. She is now returned from the dead with only a few scars as proof of the incident. Her unique situation allows her to find out her school is full of all kinds of supernaturals, and she's the focus of this community's attention. The first issue of this digital comic is up for sale at kelmcdonald.com. 
Listeners looking for some supernatural comedy mixed with romance will get 40% off with the code when you're ready. It looks like when you're ready is spelled W-H-E-N-Y-O-U-R-R-E-A-D-Y. So you may want to try that. Um, um, so you supernatural romance comedy. Those are all things we like. Yes. I mean, gotta have my supernatural. Um, I mean, just breaking it down word for word, those two brothers, what won't they shoot demons and then comedy? I mean, that's my whole lifeblood. And then romance, a little bit of this right here, a little bit of that, oh, a little bit of this. He's gesturing to me and, and him. A little bit of this. Oh, a little and, bit of, and then there's some. <laughs> <laughs> There's some obscene gestures. Um, So, yeah, go check out that thing. Hey, Londoners. Do not miss out on your chance to see the Beef and Dairy Network, Jordan Jesse Go, and Judge John Hodgman live at the London Podcast Festival from September 13th through 17th. Tickets are still available. So realize what you've done wrong and fix it. Get those tickets. For more information, go to MaximumFun.org. And check out the live shows on the right side of the page. Go! Do it! I want to tell you about a thing I've been real into lately. And you and you, the listeners, to so strap in. I want to talk about virtual reality. Uh-oh. Expand your mind, broaden your horizons. Why'd you say uh-oh? Uh-oh. Why did you say uh-oh? Because I'm thinking of the arcades where you stand on the platform and everybody watches <laughs> you. <laughs> They have one of those in my mall that you would like fucking jam your entire child skull into. And if you didn't possess a child skull, which sadly I didn't as a child, <laughs> I had a 45 year old man's skull when I was 10 and I still do to this day. Um, and, and you would look around and you'd be like a little laser tank. But like it was, t- it was such garbage. Um, what are you talking about? I am talking about the thing that's like your t- your foot is literally touching a headset. Oh no, it's about six inches away. Um, I'm just talking about virtual reality, and like this is I I don't want to like geek out too much. I mostly want to talk about the fact that like um, I dipped out for a bit. I've had this the Oculus Rift, and we have a Vive. Also, these are two different types of like virtual reality headsets that are out right now. Um, we've had them for a while and I got them last year and like messed around with them for a while and it's really neat. And then I stopped doing it. And in the span of time in like the last like eight months or so, uh, some really cool stuff has come out. And so recently I've been getting back into it and checking stuff out and like the experiences have evolved to be like really, really cool very, very quickly. Um, and so I referenced that like game that I did the Carly Rae Jepsen thing in, there's just a game called Chroma Lab where you're just in a thing, just in a square space. Squarespace is not a sponsor this week, but hit us up uh, with these little color balls that you can move around and it's just really trippy. And then there's one where you're on a spaceship and you're just pulling yourself through the spaceship and flying around. Um, and instead of like sort of dipping into any sort of individual experience, the, the reason I'm enthusiastic about it is because I can't think of any other thing in my lifetime that has gone so quickly from like sci-fi, like, ergonomically impossible bullshit to like i own two of them and they're pretty good yeah so this this just works with your computer right yeah so there's a there's a few i when a lot of people talk about like vr becoming like accessible to everybody like that's the big stumbling block is just having it be this self-contained thing that you just put on your head and no wires no nothing uh and there is the gear vr you can slot your like samsung phone into this little headset and it works fairly well it's still just like a like a one phone so it's not like super powerful um 
but yeah, it does plug into your computer and your computer like handles all the, the processing of it. So like, it's really inaccessible. I saw my uncle on Facebook, like saying like, I want to get into VR. And I was like, I can help you with that, but it, it, it'll probably be about $1,500. And so like, I understand that yeah. that's, I understand that that's like sucks. Um, and it's, it, I think you have to be coming at it from a place of privilege to even like have access to this stuff right now. But the dream of like, if you had told me in 2008, like, hey, VR is going to be here and like you'll have one and it'll work like better than I think you thought it would work in your lifetime, I'd say like, go, no, you're telling tales out of school. And it like totally does exist. And I never, I, I guess I just like, this is the thing everybody talks about, right? When they talk about like, well, when I thought by the time I got to be 30, we'd have jetpacks and flying yeah, cars. Exactly. I would comfortably have included that when I was a teenager, I would have comfortably included like virtual reality in that. Cause you read like snow crash and you're like, or you see the matrix and you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah, that looks cool. But not in my lifetime, but it is like, it's here. And I guess like self-driving cars are getting there too, which is like kind of wild, but like this is the most tangible thing. And I don't know. I just really, I, I played that, the game I referenced earlier. Uh, you're this like robot on a spaceship and you have a, uh, an astronaut there with you who's like a human being and you're just like alone on this ship with them trying to go around and fix stuff. And it's this like quiet, very like character driven VR experience that felt like extremely real. And like the whole time I was playing it, I was like, I can't believe I'm 30 and have this yeah. like and not like 90 like i can't believe it or dead like I, I i'm just like blown away that this stuff exists and even though it's like still really expensive and not like perfect or accessible to everybody like by the time it is which i still think could be in my lifetime like can you imagine being in school and like strapping on a headset and then like all of a sudden you're on this magic school That's bus what, adventure to like the prehistoric ages you know what it reminds me of is like you know when people listen to uh like audiobooks. And so sometimes you'll be talking to somebody and they'll say like, Oh yeah, I've read Grapes of Wrath. And it's like, Oh, well, no, actually I, I listened to it, an audiobook. Like it'll kind of be like that with VR of like, Oh, I've been to the Louvre. Well, yeah. Actually just through virtual reality. But I think but, we'll hit a point where it's like, that's not that big a distinction. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the reasons like I, I'm excited to do this podcast is because I think I am in general a very enthusiastic person yes. and I like, sharing that in like when i'm into something it is hard for me not to talk about it with people and i feel like i butt heads with folks in i don't butt heads because i don't fucking say anything but i don't like get in fights with my my peers about this but like i see people who like get a headset and then, then they do it and they're like this sucks the cord's too thick and it's like you can put on a helmet and be on a spaceship and it works really good like yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of people whenever I, anytime I say anything about VR, like I get dunked on pretty quickly by a lot of people who like want to talk about the, you know, the logistical problems with it or the price problems with it or like, oh, is that the only thing you've played? How's your $1,500 rig doing for you? Um, when like, I think it's just fucking incredible that this thing's here. Like, I can't believe it's here and that it's like sitting on top of my computer right now. And if I wanted, when we're done with this podcast, I could go, you know, to the wild, wild west or whatever. Um, I'm just blown away by that. Uh, no, it is pretty incredible, actually, because I know I've I've gotten to use your VR headset a couple times. And it's it's just totally immersive. Like, you really, you lose kind of all awareness of your actual settings and the other people that might be in the room with you. Uh, and that's 
that's something I didn't really expect from virtual reality in our lifetime. I thought it would be like platforms and arcades, not like suddenly I'm in a totally different world. And I'm wondering, like, I'm wondering if there is this like a way that those sort of revelations like build in life. Like I'm wondering, like now that virtual reality is a thing that I have, and it went from this thing that I never thought existed to a thing that like does exist. All of a sudden, I see fucking Elon Musk. Like, yeah, you're going to go to space, you know, whenever you want by 2040. And like maybe like five years ago, I'd see that and be like, oh bullshit. But I do have this virtual reality headset yeah. that works. So That's like maybe point. my dude's going to get me up there. Like maybe my dude is going to be able to ship me from LA to San Francisco in like eight minutes. Um, in like some sort of human blender, like, okay, yeah, go for it. Let's, let's do it. Let's go wild. Elon ship, yeah. ship my particles, dog. <laughs> um, what's your third thing? My third thing is the grand prize game. The Bozo Show? Yes. Oh, my God. Wait, was the Grand Prize Game a segment in the Bozo Show? Yes. Okay, but it wasn't the whole Bozo Show. No. It's the only thing anybody ever remembers, though. What the fuck else was Bozo and Spifford like? What were they doing? Like, hijinks. Clown hijinks, mostly? mostly. Just dump, like, pouring cups of water on children or something? Yeah. There was a little of that. Sketches. 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 Uh, So... The grand prize game that Griffin and I know and love. I'm so in love with you. I, I love that. The, I'm, I love you so much. I'm so glad that this is a thing we're talking about to, to millions of listeners on the internet right now. It's the grand prize game. So in the run of the Bozo show, there were like two Bozos. What? <laughs> what? The show started in 1960. With- oh, I guess you'd need two Bozos then. Yeah. Because of of the cruel machinations of time. Time makes bozos of us all. (laughs) There's the title of our episode. Um, (laughs) So Bob Bell was bozo from 1960 to 1984. So 24 years of bozo. And then he got his little squirting water pin. Oh, I thought... You were going to say he passed, he, his, he passed away. his squirting water pin and his bronzed clown shoes and packed up for retirement. And then but the he's bo- okay, right? I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then the bozo that you and I are familiar with is Joey Doria. And he was bozo from 1984 to 2001. 2001. I went on YouTube to watch a little clips. Uh, because I had a very distinct memory of what he sounded like. Yeah. And that he was like actually a very funny man. And I think he was. Like he had like a real good. Gotta be, man. Like, if, you're on the, if, if you're on the air for fucking 50 years, you gotta be, you gotta have a little bit of, you gotta have some pith in there. So the grand prize game. Yeah. Was on every Bozo show. And I think I just kind of love game shows. And this was like a game show element to mm. a largely clown focused show. Yeah. Uh, six buckets in a row vertically. Are they different sizes? Do they get no. smaller? No. Interesting. Same size. The first bucket is basically right where your toes are. You stand behind this blue line. I've definitely seen kids beef that bucket, though. <laughs> well, you you can never lose the first bucket. Bozo would always pick up the ball and let you have another try. But you know Bozo would, like, talk some shit about you. He went backstage. <laughs> well, a lot of the Beef kids, the first one again. Good work, Dougie. A lot of the kids that go on the show are, like, four or five years old. Like They should be able to drop a ball in a bucket. <laughs> One of my brothers had a McDonald's birthday party, and we have a home video of it, and they play a game where you have to hold a straw up to your nose and drop it in a cup. And is that a thing people did? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. 
<laughs> they had one where they had to stack up all of the like styrofoam uh, burger boxes that and see who could stack up the most. A lot of games in the McDonald's. It's weird that you have such a strong memory. Of this. I have. I can remember literally everything from every second of my home videos. <laughs> I haven't. I have it. I it is the oh, only thing. Watched them all a hundred thousand times. Yeah. So um, by the time we were watching, so apparently this game used to just feature silver dollars. Uh, and that used to be a prize that you could get. Yeah. Um, but by the time we were watching, he would put a hundred dollar bill. Holy shit. In a six bucket. So the six bucket is the furthest away. You have to get all five buckets and then the six to get the hundred dollars and the bicycle. And by the time we were watching, you would get a trip to Disney World. In. That is the most for like four days. A five year old can't handle that fucking stress. Are you well, kidding nobody, me? Like you know, it's kind of like Carmen San Diego. Like very few people. Conquered. You know, Joey was putting that hundo in there himself. Like no way, I got to make it interesting <laughs> for me. Um, is that what he sounded like? It's been a while. No, <laughs> a bozo Spifford, get over here. Um, what I also remember very strongly. So the bozo show was on WGN, which is located in Chicago. Hmm. Um. Archway cookies. You remember that? No. There used to be a big, like, giveaway. Like, there was always- On the Bozo Show. Yes. There was always an at-home player that was playing along with the kid. I remember Safety Pops. They were dishing out Safety Pops like, mad. I don't remember that. There were suckers that had the little loop at the bottom. And I don't know why there was- I remember Safety Pops. Okay. I I just don't remember that as a feature on the Bozo Show. I think that was a big feature on the Bozo Show. Uh, What I remember is that- um, anytime someone gets the first bucket, everybody in the studio audience gets a little something too. Oh. Along with the kid that is played. And it was almost always Archway cookies. Okay. Archway cookies, I think, had like the little windmill cookies. I remember they were very tasty. I remember. But, I, I, but anyway, I, the reason I bring that up is that I remember nothing else about the Bozo show. It's like you mentioned. Yeah. Nothing. I, I used to watch that show all the time and I think I was exclusively watching it for the grand prize game. <laughs> I have a theory about why even we are talking about the grand prize game right now. And it is that I remember I was in college and I was fresh out of a long-term relationship and I got invited over to my friend, Michael Bradbury's house. And he was like, you got to play this game and get drunk with us and just like hang out and drink and play this drinking game. And I rolled up and I was like, all right, let's see what everybody's talking about. I was nervous, you know, because I've been in a long-term relationship, hadn't been, like, partying much, hadn't had much of a a big social life, and so I wanted, like, hang Then I rolled up, and they had beer pong set up, and I was like, oh, I know this motherfucker. (laughs) I know. Oh, this motherfucker right here? I know him? Yeah. That's the grand prize game. (laughs) Except at waist level. Except at waist level, and you get drunk. Not that Bozo wasn't, but, um, (laughs) yeah. And I think think everybody has that moment, or the first time they play beer pong, like, I mean, the grand prize game? Okay. I've always wanted well, these, to. These are in a triangle. That almost makes it easier than if they're in a line. Um, hey, we're about to wrap up. But before we do, we got a few great submissions. If you want to send in a good thing that you're into right now, you can go to wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com and just drop us a line. Keep it fairly short, uh, just like a sentence or two about this thing that you're into. And maybe we'll talk about it on the show. Uh, the first one here is from the first one here is from Rebecca, who just says Haruki Murakami, Thai street food, new floors, cooking with bacon fat. 
That's great. That's great. Especially, I love cooking with bacon fat. Oh, yeah. I especially love Haruki Murakami. But yes. <laughs> Anti-street food. And you know what else? New floors. We've never gotten new floors, but when you go into a place that has new floors, it's like, oh, hell yes. We got new windows, though, and it changed our life. Windows are just floors for the walls, Ooh, baby. it's beautiful. Um, anyway, here's another one from C, who says, Hi, Griffin and Rachel. I'm excited to say I just got my first job. I currently work at an ice cream shop, which is great, as I get to eat ice cream while I'm on break. I also made $100 last week, and I was finally able to buy myself Breath of the Wild, the new Zelda game, uh, on the Nintendo Switch. Hopefully my job keeps being fun and I don't get sick of the ice cream soon. I hope you two are having a good day. This was maybe the greatest That's email lovely. I've ever received in my entire life. Thank you so much, C. It's lovely. Also, I mean, you're familiar with that kind of gig because you used to work at That the was my first job, was working at TCBY. And I would be lying if I said that the reason I got that job wasn't so that I could have money to afford video games. Yeah. Then I got a job at GameStop and I just like, you know, cut out the cut out the middleman. Thank you, C. Here's one more from Bodie who says, Over the Garden Wall. Uh, a 10-part cartoon miniseries that takes about an hour and a half to watch through, absolutely dripping with cool autumn vibes. It's got a great voice cast, too, and the soundtrack is unbelievable. I even bought a copy of the soundtrack on vinyl, and with New Zealand shipping costs being what they are, it was a pretty big purchase. Still worth every cent. We've seen that. We've watched a couple episodes of this. Yeah, and Justin McElroy turned us on to that. Yeah. If you want to get a message on the show, again, again just shoot it to wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com, and I think that's probably going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to yeah. this pilot of of our show thanks um, to the maximum fun network for supporting our transition into this new program yeah it's a it's been sort of a scary thing that we've been sort of struggling with for a little while and also thank you for listening like this was a, a, a big thing was like figuring out the logistics of like the back end stuff but a big thing is like we know that you have listened to this other podcast for a long time and we have sort of lost interest in doing that podcast and we have appreciated all of the support we've gotten from folks who just like want us to make things that we're enthusiastic about and that's really cool. Oh, I also wanted to thank, um, you may have noticed our super great art that we have now for our new show and uh, that is a big thank you to Louis Zong who did a incredible job. Uh, he is a very accomplished uh, animator and artist, and we were very lucky to have him do that for yeah, us. Yeah, he works on We Bear Bears, which we've been very, very yeah, into lately. Um, thank you very much, Louie. And thank you to Bowen and uh, Augustus for letting us use the song Money Won't Pay. It's like, I've been obsessed with Money Won't Pay for forever, and... Yeah, Griffin uh, played it for me, and we both were like that immediately. Like, instantly. So. I've wanted to, like, use it as a theme song for something for so long, and so when we had talked about doing Wonderful, I was like, oh, it's gonna be Money Won't Pay. Uh, it's gonna be our outro, too, which you're gonna hear here in just a few seconds. Thanks again to to Max Fun. Go check out these shows there on MaximumFun.org, like uh, One Bad Mother, and Stop Podcasting Yourself, and Tyson Fights. Uh, and Dead Pilot Society, all great shows there. And we have other podcasts and videos you can find at McElroyShows.com. Is that it? That is. What are we going to do for our outro? Uh, let's not, let's not, we don't got to settle on that one, episode one. Okay. I don't want to get into a bad funk because I want to say like, no, see, that's what I'm saying. I'm overthinking it. Let's just say, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. And <laughs> we'll be back next week with a new episode of Wonderful on Wednesday. So see you then. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Going into a bullseye interview, I know it's somebody who does amazing work, but it's an actual conversation. I don't know where it's headed. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You said it actually better than I did, so I have to think about what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is is the straight talk that that you're going to get on this show. Bullseye. Creators you know, creators you need to know. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts.